Hello, boys and girls, and welcome back to the 10th episode of Nerd Out Sanctuary. Yeah, the Why I Love episode that it just put out. Um, that is not a Nerd Out Sanctuary episode. That's just something bonus, something extra that I, I, I want to do and I want to keep doing on this show, on this channel, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, back on just regular episode of a Nerd Out, a Nerd Out Sanctuary. Regular episode, we're going to be talking some... Talking a movie, a TV show, and a documentary today, so get 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 excited. This might be, I don't know how good this episode's going to be, because, I don't know, rereading my notes, I'm just like, eh, maybe these notes are kind of shit. They're kind of bad. So, I don't know if I'm going to be really referencing them too much, so I might just be going off a of stream of consciousness and just giving you my unfiltered opinions and shit. So, uh, yeah, that, so we'll see how this goes, but uh, just a couple couple updates um i'm gonna be uh going um my my job i work in a uh, construction so um it's work is starting to really pick up now and uh, i'm going on night shift for the next three weeks so i don't know how free i'm gonna be to do another one of these um i'm gonna try to maybe put one out while i'm on night shift i mean that might if you've ever been on night shift you know how much it fucking sucks and how much it just completely fucks your entire life up pretty much like it does it doesn't only fuck up your sleep schedule it sleeps it, it fucks up your like eating schedule like i just end up pretty much eating a meal a day because it's like as soon as you get up you're like have you have to like make dinner pretty much as soon as you get up and it's weird it's a weird experience if you've never had to go on night shift got my got my energy thing going here gotta keep myself energized through this bullshit you know i'm gonna be drinking a lot of these so hopefully i have a heart attack and die so i don't have to go on night shift again huh huh yes yeah, on a joking manner michael uh better yourself maybe work out a little bit more you fat fuck but anyway so yeah um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit hard so just kind of stay with me i mean i'm not gonna if I if I'm just not on YouTube or you know don't p upload a fucking like a podcast in like a month, I'm I'm still here. I'm still gonna be doing this. It's just you know, it it, it takes a lot. It's gonna take a lot more time to do it because I'm gonna have less and less time. And uh, you know when you're working in construction, you're working long shifts pretty much every fucking day of the week. You know, they have, they, they, they get laid off in the winter. They don't work in the winter because it's, you know, it's really cold and it's snowing and a lot of stuff is very temperature controlled as what they do on construction sites. And when, you know, they're building, you know, pouring concrete and all that bullshit, like it has to be certain, has to be at a certain temperature. Temperature matters because it's a chemical reaction and everything. But yeah, so they get laid off in the winter and then they bust their ass in the summer. And, you know, time is money. So, yeah, they're working a lot. And it's it's going to be really hard for me to really get the motivation to, for, to like, come back from a 12-hour night shift or a 10-hour day shift and, you know, record. But, I mean, I'm I'm going to try. I'm going to—I'm definitely going to be trying to do it because I love this. I love every, all you guys who are watching. And, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, I hope you guys stick around. I hope you guys stick with me. I might not actually record an episode, like— video record an epic episode i might just like audio record an episode and upload it to you know wherever you get your get my podcasts from um if you don't know it's uh spotify itunes google play um and also i'm on youtube as well but it, it's it's you know sporadic it's gonna be sporadic on youtube so i might just do like audio recordings because those are a lot easier i don't have to edit a video which is a lot it takes a lot more time for me 
So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, other than that, I, I, yeah, I, can't, I don't know what else to say other than, it, it, you know, these might be even sparser than usual. So hopefully I, I can really stick with it. Um, I'm probably going to guess not. Like I'm gonna be sticking with this in the long in the long haul. I'm always gonna be doing this because I I find this really fun and I love talking about movies and TV and video games and all that shit. But I mean, I mean, the dude's got to make money. I'm not making money off of this shit, so uh, I have to make money somehow. So that's what I'm doing. And you know, whether I'm using my degree that I graduated with or not, eh, probably no. No, I don't really do that. Um. I just deal with contractors, difficult contractors all day, which is a great time. But, um, yeah. Um, again, some new stuff. Uh, I'm filming this and I'm recording this in the daylight, so I hope there's a little bit more light coming in. Hopefully it's you guys like that. It might look weird. I don't know. You know, I would love some feedback, whether or not it's, you know, dark or, you know, if you want me to keep recording at night, or if it's okay during the day. If I do record an episode, it's going to have to be at night in the next coming weeks, because I'm going to be working during the night, but, yeah. So, hopefully, it doesn't look terrible. It might, but you guys are just coming here for my voice and my amazing opinions. Duh. Why else are you here? (laughs) To look at this face? Probably not. I don't even like looking at my face. All right, I'm so weird. Why am I doing this? Why am I putting you people through this? Okay, whatever. Let's just get into this this uh, Nerd Out Sanctuary episode. So the first thing I'm going to be talking about is a TV show that, I don't know, it didn't recently come out. I mean, it came out like a couple weeks ago. I finished it like a week and a half ago. Um, it's called Hunters. It's the Amazon Prime original series that um, came out. Um, recently called Hunters with Al Pacino, Logan Lerman, about, you know, them hunting Nazis. Um, I, I, I wanted to watch it because, one, I promised I would check it out when I talked about Amazon Prime back in my second Nerd Out Sanctuary episode. You know, those really poor quality episodes, those terrible ones that have awful, awful audio quality because I'm an idiot. Yeah, those ones. But, um, you know, I talked about The Expanse and The Boys and how Prime's killing it. Again, if you haven't checked out The Expanse or The Boys, check them out. They're both amazing, and they're both a lot better than the show. But let's before I get into my opinions uh, about the show, um, yeah, I, I, I promised I would check it out. And also, like, I watched the trailer, and I was like, this, this looks good. You know, I love Al Pacino. You know, they're hunting Nazis. Who doesn't want to kill Nazis? I mean, come on now. They're the pinnacle of bad guys. So, yeah, there's that. And, I don't know, it looked like it had it was really good quality. It was going to be a really good show, really good, awesome, you know? I don't know, Nazi killing show. <laughs> I'm not really Nazi killing, but it just looked good. I mean, especially when you get into talent like Al Pacino, especially at the point of his career, when he gets very, pro- probably, choose. I mean, he probably definitely wants to choose good projects to do because he's, you know, he's older, <laughs> without saying i mean he's older so yeah um so yeah if you don't know anything about hunters um like i said yeah it's you know al pacino stars al pacino logan Lerman, and a couple other people that you may or may not recognize 
Um, it's it takes place in 1977, New York City. A troubled young, troubled young Jewish man bent on revenge is taken in by a secret group of Nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against the cobal of high high ranking Nazi officials in high in hiding who work to create the Fourth Reich. Yeah, so all these Nazis are trying to create the Fourth Reich, and these band of misfits, you know, come and band together to, I guess, try to hunt them down and kill them, basically. That's that's the show. Um and the you know, the young troubled young Jewish man is Logan played by Logan Lerman and, you know, gets taken in by this character called Meyer, played by Al Pacino, who is definitely the best part of the show, by the way. Um, for sure the best part of the show. Um Yeah, I mean he's always good. Al Pacino's always good in everything that he does. Like I said, I'm I'm not really gonna be reading from like trying to reference my notes too much, but I mean sometimes I just have to. But yeah, so I mean, generally the acting in the show is is generally pretty good. I mean, as Al Pacino, he does well. Logan Lerman's just fine. He's kind of fine. I mean, I don't, I never really liked his character too much. He was kind of, I mean, kind of boring a little bit. Like he, he's he's trying. They're trying to portray him as this like absolute genius, but then he also makes some some pretty stupid illogical decisions, which is like. Dude, you probably should have just killed the guy right there. Like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Like, he makes some pretty stupid mistakes. That's kind of a a problem, some of the problems with the show. It's also kind of uh, with that, uh, the FBI agent, uh, Millie, in the show. She's played by, what's her name? What's her name? I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, the FBI agent, oh, Jerrica, Jerrica Hinton, who does a great job, by the way. Anyway, but, like, again, her character, she's supposed to be a really smart, a really smart up-and-coming FBI agent, and she also makes some stupid decisions. It's like, what are you doing? Clearly there's Nazis. Clearly they're hunting them. Why are we still trying to arrest these guys? Whoops, just got another notification on my fucking laptop. Leave me the fuck alone. Fuck. Can't you see I'm recording a podcast? Damn. But, anyway, so, yeah. Generally, the acting is pretty good. Um, yeah, Jerick has Millie, she does well, it's just the care, her character didn't really like it, didn't really like her character, she kind of irritated me a bit, again with Logan Lerman's character, also kind of irritated me, irritated me a bit, incredibly OP as well, he just like looks at some shit and he figures everything out, and it's like, okay, alright, so you're a genius, alright, you're a really smart kid from New York, gotcha, sweet, there's nothing wrong with you, I guess, other than, you know, I guess, you're... Your grandma got, you know, shot by a Nazi. That's spoiler alert. <laughs> shouldn't have spoil. Shouldn't have spoil. Spoiler alert. I mean, it happens in the first episode. So, I mean, I will say. Sorry, I'm sniffing a lot. Oh, geez. I got the coronavirus, guys. No. So, I uh, hope you guys are doing well with all of that. Everything's kind of shutting down. So, hopefully, be careful out there. Hand sanitizer, wash your hands, all that jazz. Stay home if you're sick, all that, all that bullshit. But anyway, getting back to the actual show, we don't want to deal with real, real life problems. This is why we watch this shit so we can escape. Shut up, Mike, with all your real life bullshit. Anyway, yeah, moving on. The first episode of this show of Hunters is amazing. It really hooks you. It does. It's incredibly well. It's really intense. It's dramatic. It introduce. You know, you get introduced to. You know. Logan Lerman as uh, as Jonah. 
you get introduced to Meyer, Al Pacino as Meyer, and then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in. Like, this is cool. This is really good. I like this a lot. It's a really good first episode. And then, like, it just, then it, it, it keeps going. <laughs> then the future episodes kind of really, really detract from it over time. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to shit on the show because I think a lot of people would want me to or would like to see this show get shit on because there is some, a lot of heavy handed political messaging and, Stuff that's really kind of just drive down your throat throughout the show. We'll be getting into that, but uh, yeah, let's go. Let's still stick with the uh, acting and the actors. the The guys who play the villains in this, the Nazis. Uh, the guy who plays Travis, um, he's played by a dude. What's his name? Uh, Greg Austin. He does an incredible job. I thought Travis was really menacing, very effective character very effective antagonist very intimidating he reminded me of that one like bounty hunter from firefly if you've ever seen firefly at the like the last episode of firefly that we actually have um the that bounty bounty hunter shows up i forget his name but like he'd always like before he does something terrible to someone he would always like spout off some like really fucked up fact that somewhat relates to the situation <laughs> and that's kind of what Travis really reminded me of. I like that a lot. So anytime I can talk about Firefly, I'm going to talk about Firefly, by the way. It's a great show. Still pissed off that it got canceled. But uh, yeah, so I thought, the, again, the villain's really great. Um, Dylan, uh, Dylan Baker did a great job as Biff, <laughs> as this other, like, Nazi in hiding. Again, probably the best moment of the show he's in with that cookout scene. It's the best scene in the entire show, and it's in the very first episode. Part of, it's part of the reason why the first episode is so good. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I gotta stay energized, guys, and, you know, hydrated. But, yeah, so, yeah, the acting is generally really good. But, um, I'll, getting to, like, really my criticisms with the show... First episode, really dramatic, serious, intense, really great, setting up the series. And then the second episode, they do this like weird thing with introducing the characters, and it's like some WWE fucking fight game, fight video game, Quentin Tarantino ass bullshit introduction to all these like Hunter characters, like the gang. And it, it, it was, it's just like so out of left field it doesn't it just doesn't feel like in place you know you're having all these flashbacks to you know Auschwitz the holocaust and it's like they're really portrayed as really fucked up shit that I don't I mean again I don't think it's and any of it is real again I, 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 I heard a criticism where it's like oh they don't use real holocaust stories like, shut up like it doesn't matter. Like it's a, it's a fictional story. They're just using the Holocaust as a vehicle to drive their story, which I'm totally fine with. Them come coming up with stories about the Holocaust that you know are linked to the backstories of our main characters. I'm totally fine with that. But like you have all those really serious moments, those serious ass scenes that are really like holy shit. That's really fucked up. And then you have these weird ass, like, comic book movie type of 
not comic book movie, that's a wrong word, but like weird, like switch in tone that's like comedic and satir- satiristic and just kind of like with heavy handed like political messaging, like infomercials that I guess like bring up like, you know, Nazis in America. It's like, oh, as, as it's like a good thing. It's ironic. It's an ironic infomercial just trying to like, basically there's all these like shit that I care about of like these characters and then they always like come in with like a jab at the United States they're just like yeah uh, just so you know yeah America sucks <laughs> pretty much and it's not I mean that's probably not exactly what they were going for but that that's kind of what I get out of it when I'm watching it and like I'm not a heavily conservative person and I'm not gonna sorry there's if there's if you hear any random noises, I think there there's construction going on, and it's also during the day, and I think there's someone's doing some shit out in the hallway too. So if you if you hear that, I, I'm pretty sure my mic's pretty good, um, so I think it's gonna block that out. But I mean, I hear it, so yeah. Oh, sorry, I think that was a bus. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. Again, this is not this is kind of a low production. By by the way, I mean it's just me. It's just me, dude. Got dudes and dudettes it's just me who's producing all this bullshit but anyway back to hunters and um so yeah uh very like there's this other shit like and there's like weird ass infomercials commercials that legitimately say that white people are bad <laughs> i mean they kind of just like oh no maybe not all white people are bad but um they are <laughs> though which is, it's very weird, and it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm not offended by it. Like, I get it. I get satire. I, I understand that, you know, it's kind of supposed to be taken as a joke. But it's also kind of like you could kind of try to, I don't know, make it a little bit less, like, I don't know, obvious. You know, like, there's also a point in the show where it's like this weird segue into a game show with a bunch of white people saying, like, like why, like, things about jewish people like and it's they're all negative and and then like the game show host just like turns to the audience like us the viewers it's like do you feel this way and it's like and it's like a pan on like the game show host it's so weird it's so weird and it's so mind-boggling because it's like i i don't want to like this stuff is stupid to me (laughs) like it's just like you have all these interesting characters and like, like then I mean, they sort of delve into him a little bit. Like you kind of get some backstory to the nun character, um, but like not really. You don't really understand what any of their motivations are for like hunting Nazis. I mean, I get it. You want to hunt Nazis down because they're awful people and they're trying to start a fourth Reich. I get that, but like, what made them join this? thing like i would love to see how meyer al pacino's character discovered all of them like make episodes sort of pseudo dedicated to each one of these characters you know i I don't want to compare it to another show that came out last year but watchmen i definitely also kind of fell under some flack for being very you know social justice warrior and have these heavy-handed political messages i mean i I, it was definitely there but it didn't bother me as much as this show did mainly because i really liked the characters and sister knight was cool and um looking glass was sick but they also spent time with them 
Like, they spent time developing those characters. And they make you care about them. I didn't really give a shit about any of the characters other than Murray and Mindy. Um, If you see the show, there's this older couple that's part of the, you know, the Hunters. And they are Holocaust survivors. And there is one episode sort of dedicated to them. And it's one of the best episodes other than the first episode. It's really great. And I was just like, it was an incredibly emotional episode. And I don't, I'm pretty, I don't remember that or being like any like heavy handed political messages in that, in that episode. And I'm like, this is what the show should constantly be like, you know, like it's these, you know, older Jewish couple who survived the Holocaust, but lost their son in the process. And it's like, it's them dealing with that. And I thought that was incredibly emotional. Like having a whole episode dedicated on them, they are pretty much the emotional heart of the show. And they're the best parts of the show other than Al Pacino. So, yeah, like I thought there's a lot of great moments like that, you know, that are very emotional. And I thought the flashback scenes are really great and very, you know, effective. Because, I mean, again, it's, it is kind of, you know, it is a little bit cheap because it's like, of course, we're going to feel bad for these characters because they're being put in these absolutely horrific, you know, like places and these hor- like horrific memories that they have. Like, of course, we're going to feel bad for them. So, I mean, it is a little bit cheap, a cheap way for us to care, but it's still, it's still effective, you know? It's still effective, and I thought they should have kept doing that. So maybe in the second season, I would recommend keep on doing that. But, like, again, there's all these other characters like Roxy, I forget the Asian dude's name who was like, uh, he, he served in Vietnam. Um, the other guy, the actor, like they don't really expand on them at all other than like small tidbits, like small tidbits, but like maybe like give them like actual episodes, like flashback a little bit to like when they became one of the hunters. Why did they become one? Sorry, excuse me burping a little bit but yeah so there's a lot there's a lot of weird it's a lot of weird stuff and again like I don't want to watch a show basically telling me that I'm an awful person it's like okay I get it like yes Operation Paperclip did happen if you're unfamiliar with Operation Paperclip it was an operation by I think what I think it was like the C, it, yeah it was the CIA's operation where they took a bunch of Nazi scientists and engineers and we took them in and they helped and they like helped us with our you know sciences helped us get to the moon that von Braun guy apparently a real piece of shit by the way but yeah they're all they were all Nazis <laughs> but they helped us and we decided to take them in what other than like you know killing them you know which yes operation paperclip does exist it is very it is kind of, it is fucked up when you first like hear that it's like oh we actually took in nazis and they became like you know us citizens yeah that is that is really fucked up it's a fucked up concept and they should point that out but the the main the main problem with having like political undertones to your show like you can't really you can't be all one sided and that's what this show is. It is all one-sided. And, like, you're probably saying, like, oh, Michael, how 
how how can you not be all one-sided yeah it's fucked up that we took in nazis well yeah but i mean like what like what were the options like there's a scene in the show where it's one of those like heavy-handed political you know message where it's like a flashback and it's like a flashback to like a black and white movie and the scene is like a bunch of like old old white men like in a in a circle discussing these like nazi refugees and whether or not like what we should do with them and they're all like very cartoonish and they're all like oh let's just take them in who cares about the american public and all these jews and what they did they're gonna help us like and it it is very cartoonish and it's like well and then at the very end of the scene it's like yes that shit actually happened and it's like yeah it it did but probably not exactly like that it's not every, you know, dude is that cartoonish, I'm sure. A lot of people were, I mean, maybe some were. I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure neither were you. So let's all just kind of take a step back and be like, okay, well, what would happen if we didn't take them in? Okay, well, we could kill them and be pretty much become just like them and just kill them and execute them or torture them and all whatever. Uh, which I thought would have been a, a more interesting concept that would, they would have delved into a little bit more with Jonah's character in this show. Instead of, like, maybe, instead of finding the Nazis and killing them, why don't we find them and expose them to the American public? I thought that was, like, you know, differencing in philosophies between Meyer's philosophy. Oh, let's just find these Nazis and kill them because that's the only way we can do that. Or, and then Jonah kind of being on that side, but then, like, also learning Meyer's ways are kind of fucked up, and he's kind of becoming just like the people he's fighting. I like that concept a little bit more than just, like, let's just find them and kill them because they're Nazis. But, like, yeah, I mean, you're also doing this in, like, in source of revenge, which nothing really comes, like, good with revenge. That's been explored in a bunch of different stories, so, I mean, it should have been done here. So we could have killed all the Nazis as, you know, through, like, you know, the Nuremberg trials. I mean, I think there was only, like, 12 Nazis that were executed or something like that. There, it wasn't that many compared to how many there were. Or we could have done nothing, and they could have went to Russia, and they could have helped the Russians. And, you know, at that time, you know, the Russian Russia was kind of starting to become more of a more of a problem. I rem, I'm pretty sure, like, General Patton, right after World War II ended, he was just like, let's just keep going. Let's, let's take out these fucking communists, because they're going to be a problem. And they kind of were. So he was kind of right, but also maybe a little bit too gung-ho about it. General Patton, one of the fucking madman. But, yeah, so we could have handed them to the Russians that had them, you know, do whatever they would have wanted to do. You know, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? So there, there's those two options. Or we could have just, you know, we took them in and then they help, they help us technologically, probably with medicine or some other bullshit, or you know, help us get to the moon. So who knows? I mean, the pro- and they also kind of portray like oh nazis only helped us get to the moon it's like they probably helped us with a bunch of other shit too <laughs> i mean german engineering man like mercedes is are pretty nice <laughs> let's just say that but i mean again yeah i'm not i you shouldn't like gloss over the fact that operation paperclip wasn't fucked up but also maybe instead of having a cartoonish portrayal of all these white men having this discussion maybe having like i don't know like a 12 angry men type of 
discussion where like there's dissenting opinions and you know we all kind of like oh, okay this is kind of what happened this is how we get to those decisions you know this is how we made up made that fucking that fucked up decision yes the decision was fucked up but this is why we made it instead of like oh we made the decision because we're white and we're racist it's like okay sure maybe it happened that way but i don't i don't think so so yeah um hopefully they the show i mean i'm probably not going to check out the second season again just because i didn't like this show doesn't mean you wouldn't so take my opinion with grain of salt i am a white male so you know take that opinion you know that fact as you will and uh yeah I mean, I just think the show could have been a lot better, and there's there's a lot of moments that are really great and very emotional and very interesting and very fun. You know, it's 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 a good show. I know it has a lot of. They try at humor. Um, some of the times it lands. Sometimes it's just kind of like that was really random. That's kind of weird joke to make at this time. Okay, whatever. So yeah, I mean. It is what it is. It is. It's de- it's definitely very political. You know, if if that's something that bothers you, maybe stay. Maybe don't watch it. But I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I'm not going to tell you guys not to watch it because it's not terrible. It's not a fucking dog shit show. It's not. You know, a lot of people will probably say that, but it's not. There's a lot of there's a lot there's a decent amount here to like. There's also a decent amount here that that you just completely hate. I mean, I will say for me. I kind of found it hard to get through, but I wanted to get through through it because I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Like, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I probably would have stopped watching it after maybe the fourth episode. So, yeah. But it is what it is, you know. So, yeah. Hunters, watch it or not. Uh, I don't really give it too much of a shit, but there's my opinion on it. So, standing on it now. So, yeah, that was that. So, second topic that I want to be talking about is I watched that recent docu-series on Netflix called Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. And, uh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's about, um, it, it's about uh, um, the investigations of the tragic death of an eight-year-old boy named Gabriel Fernandez who endured horrific abuse from um, his mother and uh, his mother's boyfriend, and who eventually passed away because of them. And it also deals with how the system pretty much failed the kid. Um, so I, I will put... A, first off, it's, it's, it is, it's really great. It's a really great documentary, and I'm going to get into why. But like right off the bat... Um, hard, hard documentary to watch. It's very hard. Um, I will even say that. I don't, I don't really get to, I mean, I do get disturbed because I do like, you know, I like watching intense shit that make me kind of, I don't know, get disturbed, I guess. I don't want to say I like disturbing shit. I don't know, that makes me sound like a fucking psycho. (laughs) But yeah, um, I, I, I mean, the show, I mean, it deals with child abuse, and you see some pictures of how his body looked like at the hospital. And man, it, it's oh, it, like I physically got angry while watching the while watching the documentary. 
And I almost guarantee if you have just a segment of a heart, you will too. So it's it's a mind-boggling documentary because it's just so insane. It's like, how the fuck does this happen? How does this happen? And we kind of go... They kind they explore that in the doc in the docu series. So, but like again, if you're uncomfortable with anything dealing anything tragic dealing with children, like especially child abuse, physical child abuse, um, I would still recommend watching it. But just be heavily warned. Like if you like just had like a, a re, like a like a new child, like if you just had a kid, I don't know if this is really it for you. <laughs> Um, cause it's gonna heavily disturb you and it's gonna, it's gonna like emotionally affect you. I mean, I don't, I've ne- I don't have kids, um, probably be a, will be a long time before I do, but, uh, I, I fit I, I got real, I was like, this is insane. Like, this is ridiculous. What, ha- like some people in this world are just so fucked up. It's ridiculous. So let's just get into the documentary itself. Um, why is it so good? If it's so disturbing and it disturbed you so much, Mike, why are you loving it? Some why are you recommending it? Well, I think it, it, it takes a really, really balanced approach. Pretty much the basically the problems with hunters that I was taking that I was talking about have, having it be a heavy-handed political message and it's very one-sided. This is really different. Trials the trials of Gabriel Fernandez take. They take a really balanced approach. They give you both sides of every story. They even try to like sort of humanize the uh, the mother and the boyfriend who did this to Gabriel for like a bit. They even try to, it's like, oh, well, you know, the mother was, you know, she was gang raped and had a rough childhood. And it's like, oh, okay, I mean, that's really fucked up, but it gives you no fucking excuse for what what you did to this boy. There's no excuse. Like, no, you're fucked. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm physically getting angry thinking about it again. But, like, they they, 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 they tell the full story. And I th- that's extremely important. That's a little bit more important to some other issues that they do come up. So, basically, the big story in this documentary is the child protective services. Like, the social workers that were involved in Gabriel's case, like no one, it's not like no one knew this was, this was going on with Gabriel, with the child. Like there was like, you know, elementary school teacher, um, saw it and called repeatedly about it. Other, other people called, called social services about it. And some people just like saw it and just didn't do anything about it. Or they decided, you know, that they believed the mother. It's like, oh, the kid, you know, fell off of his dirt bike or his his bike or he ran into the cabinet or bullshit or some shit. And then, like, and there's fucking burn marks on his face and there's fucking patches of hair that are gone and it's, like, scabs on his head and it's so fucked up. And it's like, how the fuck can you... Like, this is fucking weird. Like, this is, like, there's no way this could happen. And it's just, it's basically, it's just negligence. And it's just, it goes over that. And it doesn't really, it does kind of villainize the social workers. But you, it also kind of gives them a proper, you know, 
side to the story where it's just like, well, these social workers have like up to 30 cases, like 30 kids to take to 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 look into and to investigate. And they're pretty much like detectives. They have to do detective work, but also, you know, they're dealing with children and domestic violence, which is pretty awful. And there's a lot of conflicting emotions behind that because none of these social workers want to take the uh, the kids away from the families. Like, no one wants to do that. And statistics prove that it's actually statistically not good for the child to be taken away from the parent. And the statistics say, they bring up in the documentary, like, um, children who are taken away from their parents statistically don't fare off as well as kids who stick with their parents if even if they are you know subject to minor abuse but i mean obviously not in this case when gabriel like gabriel fernandez the eight-year-old child was like a subjugated to actually actual torture and high child abuse and he was you know high risk for it so yeah he would have been a case where they would have had to take him away from the, the mother good god they oh jesus but yeah again they they should kind of vilify vilify these guys because i mean again they're definitely um they're not they're obviously not solely responsible for gabriel's death they're not it that falls on the boyfriend and the mother but they also they hold some of the responsibility because they stood by and they did nothing about it even if they were overworked even if you know they don't want they don't want to take the children away even if they were lied to repeatedly by the mother but i mean again it's also your job to protect the kids and you failed at that job so yeah but uh i mean it, it, it's a documentary where like after you watch it it's it's definitely it promotes discussion you know, it's not just like, it deals with comp, even like, yes, uh, it's bad to, you know, torture eight-year-old children, obviously, and that's horrible, and it goes over that, how horrible it is, but the more moral discussions of it kind of deal with just like the whole, the system, and, you know, should these social workers be prosecuted for this? Um, I mean, yes, they probably, they definitely should lose their jobs, but I mean, should they go to jail over it? That's kind of a, a, that's an interesting discussion to have because they were very negligent, negligent and the warning signs were there. People called about them. There was physical evidence of abuse right in front of you. Yeah, Yeah, you probably should definitely lose your jobs, but should they go to jail over it? There was some complications with uh, the 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 boyfriend's trial because he uh, was being tried for you know for like the capital punishment or the death penalty, and it had there's some like different wording in the laws where like premeditation had to be there, and it's a certain discussion of you know they did call the police and they called the ambulance, so did they have intentions of killing Gabriel? I mean, I, my opinion is, I mean, you don't keep a fucking eight year old child in a cabinet and repeatedly beat him and torture him and feed him cat litter for if you weren't planning on inevitably killing the child so yeah probably yeah should get the death penalty but i mean again also 
it's like, eh, fucking let him rot in prison. <laughs> you know, maybe the death penalty is too, you know, too merciful for uh, this fucking piece of shit because, uh, yeah. And they also, again, it's it's very weird because they also bring people in, um, you know, past employers of the boyfriend who say he was like pretty much like a lovable bear, like a lovable, you know, lovable dude who's a great worker and stuff like that. And it's like, this is weird. Like, this is crazy. Like, he fucking beat and tortured an eight-year-old boy, though. Like, this is fucked. And they also, like, bring up um, a really cool point in the documentary about, like, using statistical analysis for social services and maybe, like, putting in characteristics of the child, you know, their domestic situation, where they live, and all that stuff. And, like, and it, like, spits out how, like, their risk of abuse like a probability and they're like again you have to go you have to praise the filmmaker what was it brian knappenberger sorry if i'm mispronouncing that but again the interviewer when he like would have view interview these people like kind of who want to push this you know analytical side of social work like forward and like answers like yes and i'm perfect question because I was, I was thinking of it like right off the bat and just like well I mean if you're dealing with statistical analysis like that's probably going to discriminate against minority com- communities so I mean that's sort of a point that, that like these are human beings and there has to be a human element to it and you can't just like you know take um, parents as kids away you know, strictly based off of some analytical, you know, some statistical analysis saying that their kid might be high risk, you know, of, of, of abuse or, you know, a, a, a poor environment to live in. You know, you can't really just do that. And the documentary points that out. It's again, I, I love the way it, per, it, it um, approaches every issue that it, it, it's brought up and also just sheds the light on just, you know, like the social protective system in America or in that location. I'm pretty sure it was in what I want to say it was in California or like Florida or something. I forget exactly. Excuse me. I'm pretty sure it was California, but yeah, it was definitely very, very interesting. It's, it's a very incredibly well done documentary docu-series. I think there's six episodes, each episode's around an hour long. So it's not a very high, like, you know, commitment. It's a limited series, so it's not going to be ongoing. I think it's definitely one of the better documentaries on Netflix. Again, really hard to watch, especially if you have kids. I'm sure it's harder to watch it if you have kids rather than not have kids. You know, I'm sure like it, it, it's, I mean, it's not, it wasn't easy for me to watch and I don't have children. So I can't imagine if you do and watching this, it, it would, it'll, it'll, it will make you physically angry. It, it will make you like, I can't believe, like almost like I can't watch this. This isn't a bad documentary, but like this is heavily disturbing. And yeah, I mean, they, they do, I mean, they don't show you much. They don't like, glor- like they don't show you much of Gabriel's body. They mainly show like, I don't know, like, sort of, like, sketches of, like, you know, what, what, like, of the, like, not the, not the actual physical pictures of the injuries other than maybe a couple that were, that are, like, really quick, but it's, it's enough to stick in your mind, and you're, like, holy shit, that's fucked, but, yeah, um, again, yeah, one of the better documentaries, I mean, I would even, like, kind of, sort of criticize some of the bigger documentaries on Netflix, even though they are really good, such as, like, Making a Murderer, um, the keepers, 
stuff like that where like they both of those documentaries are pretty one-sided they they pretty much are whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I'm, I'm not really sure you know but I mean again there's also like making a murder is probably the biggest one I think it was one of the first ones that kind of started this trend I'm not sure if, if someone wants to check me on that but yeah, the, the main guy, Steve Avery, I mean, the dude d- did also, you know, threw a cat in the fire just because he wanted to. Like, that's kind of fucked up. I don't think, I don't believe you do that if you're, you know, not, you know, a psycho a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of fucked up. Like, I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of cats, but I'm not, like, you know, throwing them into a fire. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... But yeah, also what happened to him, like being false accused of rape and being jailed for what, 17 years is awful. So yeah, again, but again, it's a very one-sided documentary and, and, it, and it's not like it here when it totally could have been. It, it totally could be like vilify these social workers that let this happen to Gabriel. Don't tell their side of the story. You know, I mean, pr- the only the only times it's one-sided is when, you know, people refuse to be interviewed by the documentary and they probably should have been they probably should have talked to the um documentarian and you know the interviewers of this docuseries because I feel like it would have showed their perspective on it and not really twist anything like a lot of these docuseries you know probably do I just you know I I I really respect um the I don't want to say storytelling but like the the way it was made. I really respect how much it gave, it really gave a shit about the situation and the issues that were brought up in the series. So, um, check it out. I mean, again, if you're, if, you know, child abuse is kind of a touchy issue for you, uh, maybe stay clear of it. Try, maybe don't. But I mean, again, I think it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a very eye-opening, um, it's a very eye-opening documentary, and it really just opens your, you know, really makes you be better in that, like, if you see something that is wrong, do something about it, you know? Don't just, you know, assume that someone else will take care of it, you know? I mean, I'm pretty sure, I forget what, what, where this happened, but, you know, I think there was, like, it was, like, an apartment building. I don't know. I'm You know, I'm not going to even bring it up because I'm not completely sure about it. But, like, if you see something wrong, do something about it. You know, don't just let it go and assume that, you know, something something will come, someone will come and fix it. Because most of the time, no one's coming and no one's helping, especially if it's your job. So, yeah. Do that. So, Yeah check it out so final topic of the episode we're talking a film that i recently saw um called the invisible man that's right a recent release uh, came out when february 28th so a couple weeks ago it's it's definitely it's an older release but uh you know i got to it eventually so yeah let's go over it it's it's a re it's a it's a remake of a previous film called The Invisible Man, which I think came out a long, long time ago. But a synopsis of the film is, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. So yeah. 
Um, it stars uh, what's her face? Chick from Mad Men, Elizabeth Moss. That's what that's her name. She is. I'm a fan of hers. I, I will I will say this outright. I I love Elizabeth Moss. I think Elizabeth Moss. She's phenomenal. She's an amazing actress. I love her. She's she's awesome, and she does not disappoint in this film. She is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely. I also remember the trailer coming out, and I remember seeing the trailer at other movie releases. And I remember like saying, thinking like, like, man, that movie looks bad. <laughs> like that movie looks terrible. And maybe that says something about me. Maybe I'm just like a fucking piece of shit who hates on everything. But I think I just think trailers nowadays are just kind of sucking. You know, I feel I felt like the the trailer gave away a lot of stuff. So maybe stay away from the trailer if you haven't seen it. But I would just kind of recommend that for everything. You know, I would just like you know. Get, Watch Nerd Out Sanctuary. I'll give you my opinions on shit, and then you you can watch them. And you won't get spoiled about any scenes or any scares that you would have. So, yeah, by the way, this is... I would say more. it's more of a thriller than uh, a horror, but, I mean, I guess it gets put in the classification genre of horror. But, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I think the trailer definitely did this film a disservice because... I thought the film was really good. It's it's a really good film. It's strong. It's a strong, fun time at the at the movies, and I just realized something like a couple like right before I uh, started recording uh, this episode. Um, the director was a uh, and writer on on the film was Lee Winnell, who if you don't know him, he actually starred. In the very first Saw movie, he was one of the two guys in that room. He was the dude in the white shirt who was like handcuffed to the pipes. <clears throat> but yeah, he uh, he wrote and directed Upgrade, and he also worked in Insidious, and he was worked heavily with James Wan. He um, so yeah, um, I never I, I never saw Upgrade, but I heard nothing but good things about it. And I should watch it. I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu, so maybe I'll maybe I'll watch it tonight. Who knows? But um, I'm I'm definitely more motivated to watch it because I thought this film was sick. I mean, is it perfect? No. Is it sort of predictable? Kinda. But I mean, is it a masterpiece? No. But like, is it a really fun th- horror thriller that's cool and well acted and well directed and has very interesting filmmaking used in it absolutely i mean i just love some of the things that i loved about it one the sound design is really cool uh the, well not maybe the sound design just the way that sound was utilized how it makes everything so quiet i thought was really cool because it makes you, it gives you an uneasy feeling and also the way Winnell uses the shots where you know he like kind of like it follows a, the main character. It follows like Elizabeth Moss's character, um, in a in the frame, and then it like lingers on. It just like s- like sits still on one particular shot, and then Elizabeth Moss like you know moves out of the frame, in and out of the frame, and it's just still on the one. Sh- just lingers on this one shot, and when there's not even anything there, and it gives you this like. Sorry if. Uh, I'm sorry, I kind of got distracted. But it's like, oh, is something is something there? I think something's there. Something might be there. And obviously it's, you know, something invisible that you can't see is there. But it, like, it adds this sort of 
it's it's unsettling, which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, I love the way he used camera, the camera, and he used the shots to make it, to raise the tension level, to make it very suspenseful, just like, oh, is something going to happen? And eventually something does happen. <laughs> so, obviously, or, you know, it would be kind of a, a lame-ass movie. But, uh, yeah, so it was something that was really interesting and really cool that I thought was, I loved. I, 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 it was really cool. So, yeah, um... Other than that, I mean, too much, and there's not really too much to really get into, other than if you want to spoil some stuff, which I'm not going to. Um, there's definitely a lot of, there's some twists and turns, some definitely, there's some things that I didn't expect to happen, but, I mean, yeah, there are also some stuff that are just like, okay, I kind of saw that coming, but I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't mean, if I saw it coming, it doesn't mean you can, you'll see it coming, so, yeah, um, you know, there's definitely some very intense scenes, so if you want some really intense, thrilling like sort of scary film to go see definitely ch check out the invisible man um does it have uh the movie magic does it have mikey's movie magic though um yeah i would say it does i would i would definitely i would compare this sort of i mean not it's not the same film by any means but um earlier this year underwater that i reviewed in one of my um earlier episodes i would say it definitely kind of falls like, pretty, pretty close to that, how much I liked it, I, I mean, those two films are just a really good time at the movies, and it's just really fun, solid, well-made, well-acted thrillers that are like, oh, you know what, like, that, like, kind of, like, catch you off guard how good they are, you know, it's one of those, it's like, it's like, it's, it's one of those movies where, like, you're gonna, like, check out, you know, while you're, like, scrolling through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or wherever the fuck you stream on, and you're like, oh, that kind of looks interesting, and then you just kind of give it a shot, and then you're like, wow, man, that was really good. I mean, it's one of those, you know, it catches, it's a, it's a film that catches you really off guard of how good it is. I mean, it caught me off guard because I saw the trailer and was like, that oh, looks pretty shitty, and it was, you know, really glad to find out that it wasn't, so, yeah, I would definitely say, it, it, it entertains good time go see it um give it your money it, it it's it's it it deserves it and i'm definitely going to be following lee Wenell's career a little bit more now because i hear i hear um upgrade is great gonna be checking that out maybe tonight i don't know some other time if it's on any streaming service i'll look for it i'm probably um i'll probably wait but we'll see but yeah, between this upgrade, his work on Insidious, and I'm pretty sure The Conjuring a little bit too, um, I might be talking on my ass and, you know, other shit that he's done. I'm definitely going to be checking him out a little bit more. So yeah, um, with that, I mean, that's pretty much the episode, guys. That's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about with you guys. So where are we on time? I kind of want to see how, okay, we're out of like a fucking hour. All right. Okay. Definitely good length. We hit the mark, guys. Well done. I wasn't even looking too much in my notes, and I fucking typed all this bolt thousand page, thousand word note sheet for fucking nothing. Whatever. But uh, yeah. With that guys, uh, I'm gonna leave you with my my episodic message that I do at the end of every one of my episodes, and it's the fact that you know it's okay to not be okay. Um, if you're having a hard time, having a rough time, you know we're all, we've all been there, or we are all there, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be fucking going on night shift, and, you know, dealing with a construction site, and being on the fucking PA turnpike, trying not to get fucking run over by a tractor trailer, or fucking skid steer, that's a story for another time, but, um, yeah, um, you know, I've been there, you know, having hard, uh, being, being on hard times, but, 
you know, the message is, uh, you know, it doesn't mean it's it's always going to be that way. You know, it doesn't mean that shit's always going to be terrible. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Just because today sucks doesn't mean tomorrow's going to suck. You know, take all that bad shit and try to turn it into a positive. You know, I know it's really hard, especially when you're you're in it. You know, it's really hard to look at some fucking terrible and view it in a positive light and take that into take that negative energy and turning into a positive turning it into positive energy. But, you know, doing that makes you a better person and getting through those really harsh times make you a better person. And yeah, you know, so, you know, it's just, a, you know, if you're feeling down, just just know that it's OK and that uh, I'm here, you know, watch me. I you know, I'm going to be with you. Comment below if, if you want to you know, message me or whatever. I mean, I don't think you can message me. I don't think there's a way you can. Maybe I should start putting, like, my email down uh, in the description, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, just stick around, you know. Again, these uh, episodes might be a little bit sparse in the future because of my work schedule, but I'm definitely going to be trying to put them out here because I love doing it. I love doing this. I love talking movies. Yeah, I love talking TV, comic books, video games, anything nerd-like. Um, that's, you know, it's the title of the show, Nerd Out Sanctuary. But, um, yeah, uh, I just want to say I love all you guys. I appreciate everything, you know, you're doing, watching me. Um, if you don't know, if you forget, you know, I'm on my, uh, podcasts are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, but I'm also on, you know, this is also a video podcast, which is on YouTube. So yeah. Um, with that guys, um, thanks for checking out, uh, listening to me bullshit about these, this TV show, docuseries and film. So, uh, with that, I'll see you guys on the next, uh, episode of Nerd House Sanctuary. Ka-chow! <laughs>